Awesome. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Good to see everybody bright and early here. Uh, if you're new with us, we want to welcome you, and we know that God is going to speak and God is going to move powerfully. So I just want to encourage you to sit at the edge of your seat and lean in and say, Lord, what is it that you want to uh, put in our hearts? I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go right into it. Lord, we just want to thank you for this morning. God, I, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you that you are here and you want to speak. I thank you that you are here and you want to move, oh God, Lord. Lord, we just pray, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you to speak, to do all that you want to do. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to guide, to convict, oh God, Lord, and to glorify God that we may see him rightly. Open the eyes of our hearts and help us this morning. God, I thank you for everybody that's here, and I know it's by no coincidence, oh Lord, and there is a word that you want to plant in our hearts. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, if you have not seen me before, my name is Isaac. I'm with Cornerstone Church, helping with the online community, among a few other things. Uh, this morning, uh, as I was preparing, not, not this morning, as I was preparing for this morning, uh, for the message this morning, uh, the thing that the Lord has been deeply moving in my heart about uh, in the recent weeks has been a little bit more reminding me about Isaac. Do you know that I am a good shepherd? You know, and I, when I heard that and felt that, I was like, that's kind of sweet, you know, good shepherd, you know, and every time or most times, or so for some people, when we think of the good shepherd, we think of, um, you know, this really nice image, you know, if you, if you go and search shepherd on Google, you see this really cute image of like, maybe this guy with like clove on his head, like some thing on his head, and he's like, hey, hello, hello, and then the sheep, right, all very quiet, what, as if the sheep is so beautiful, but if anybody has been to New Zealand or have seen a sheep before, the sheep is always not very beautiful, you know, somehow their eyes are a bit wayward, you know, and everything's like, ah, right, and uh, we think of the shepherd as this really gentle, kind So, and I'm sure there are elements of the shepherd that is gentle and kind, but actually, as you read the description of the shepherd in the Bible, and for us, we don't really have sheep here in Singapore, but uh, in other countries, this might be very familiar with them. I remember I was sharing a message about the prodigal son once at a church, and then this uh, uh, guy, this Amon guy came by, and he was buff, and he was thick, and he was like, right. And he was like, hello. I don't know what's a New Zealand accent, but he said, hello, I'm from New Zealand. And I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, so you know, just now you talked about the shepherd. Yeah, that's how I identify. It's true. Because I am a shepherd. I, I, I used to do shepherding in New Zealand. And I was like, whoa. I was like, you're so big. You look like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, you know, bodybuilder or something. And it's like, yeah, I'm a shepherd. And as we read scriptures, you know, we, we realize and we understand that actually the shepherd and the role of the shepherd it's intense, and it's much a bit also like a mighty warring shepherd because the shepherd has to go and not just lead the sheep, has to protect the sheep. And this is familiar to us. This is not foreign to us when we read the stories about David just as before he goes to take on Goliath. He says, no, I've, I've killed and I've settled the lion and the bear and I've protected. But as we look at the scripture, we also hear and we see how the Lord says, I am the chief shepherd. I am the good shepherd that lays my life down for the sheep. And this shepherd is one that has a rod in hand, a staff in hand, one to guide, one to protect, one to go after the enemies, has a sling, has a stone. This shepherd is an incredible shepherd. When we read Psalms 23, Psalms 23 is something that, wow, we hold so dearly and tightly. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down. And when we read the Psalms, it is coming. But as you read it, you learn about the shepherd and we understand that the shepherd is incredibly skilled. 
The shepherd is incredibly strong. The shepherd is incredibly compassionate. Uh, and as I was preparing for this morning's session, I feel this morning the Lord wants to remind us, wants to remind us of how He is good and how He is mighty and loving and kind. And He loves us and loves that we pursue Him and He pursues us. Because we have sometimes such a clean or good image of this peace-loving uh, uh, shepherd, that sometimes it goes, because I see him in that manner, therefore, if I'm anything like that, the Lord wants nothing to do with me. Or we have a dysfunctional relationship with the Lord, that when we approach him in our sin, or we approach him in our trials, we go, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I really am not. So what the talk, so what the talk, right? And we really abuse ourselves and we come to him, right? As if like, ah, he doesn't really want us. And a lot of times we may take earthly leadership and we project it on him as opposed to understanding his leadership and letting that transform us. I love what Pastor Elijah said, even just in a, in a little liner. He says, let the word this morning not inspire nor inform us, but let it transform us. And if you sit there and you go, I, uh, Isaac, I already know the good shepherd. Lah. I know already I can take some sleep here right now. Don't do that. I really believe this morning the Lord wants to remind us. He says, do you know how much I love you? A love that is beautiful, sweet, coming, but has intense and great amount of strength. I think, and I, and I also know this morning, if it's not just for you, but it's going to be how we treat the ones that we love. The people that we are crying and praying out for, sometimes it feels hopeless. There are people in our list, so maybe it may be family members, children, that we really are saying, Lord, we want to see their salvation. God, we want to see a breakthrough. And sometimes it can get incredibly tiring. But as we look at the Good Shepherd, we are reminded that we have a leader that doesn't stand there and cross his arms and says, wait till you get in line. If only they get in line, then they will know my goodness. And when they know my goodness, then they will really understand. The Shepherd is not of that kind. And as we read scriptures, we will understand. I know this as uh, my, my mom and dad, I grew up in church all along, but at about 17, I, I left the church and I was really crazy. I'll get drunk, I'll be found on the floor at Clark Key, completely like sleeping in vomit, not exaggerating, completely true. I used to have dreadlocks last time and we would go partying and all that and then I'll vomit on the floor, I'll sleep and someone had to bring me home next morning. My dreadlocks, uh, if you don't know what dreadlocks are, they're a bit like Rastafarian or that's quite cool or you can... Maybe like alien and predator, that kind, right? And I'll sleep and then I'll go to the, the next morning, I have a bad headache, I have to go to the barber and they'll shave it all off. And throughout the entire time, uh, my mom and dad just never ceasing, they just prayed every single day. Uh, I remember I would come home and I'll look up at the 12th floor and I'll see my mom like kind of at the window and she'll be leaning over and she's just crying and praying and crying and praying. And the Lord really hear the prayers of our heart because... He is not just moved by our prayers, He is moved by us. He loves His children and He's after His people. And I believe this morning the Lord wants to remind some of us that He's a good shepherd to the people that we are crying out for, that we are knocking and say, God, please, God, please, God, I need you, God, I need you, God. And the Lord wants to encourage some of us. And then the last group of people, the Lord wants to encourage us not to the loved ones, but in how we see the world and how we love the world. Not from a place of crossed arms and says, this world doesn't get it. This world is so disgusting. This world is so sinful. We need to protect ourselves and be separate from the world and not be involved in this world. We are in this world, but not of this world. 
And in understanding who the shepherd is, we will see and treat the world differently with immense amount of kindness, immense amount of love. This good shepherd that we talk about is strong and it's incredibly loving and kind. And we're not romanticizing the Lord. We're not saying, Hiya, you know, the songs today all about this lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey, they've made God weak. Let me tell you, love is not weak. The verse that we hold so dearly, John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved the world that He gave us a big heart. For God so loved the world that He sent us a text. Hey, you okay? It's not. For God so loved the world that that love caused Him to send His Son to die on the cross. When we sing about the love of God, even though the pets might sound very sweet to our ears, do not be mistaken the power and the strength of His love, the loyalty of His love, and the faithfulness of His love. We know this in a very, very popular scripture. Every time we talk about sheep, we kind of have to talk about this besides Psalm 23. It's Luke chapter 15, verse 1 to 7. I want to quickly read it for you guys. Luke chapter 15, verse 1 to 7. And it says this, Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So, he spoke this parable to, them, parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders. Listen. He doesn't go, Ah, I told you already, right? Still walk, walk, walk. Never mind, take your time. Come, follow me this way. Ah, never mind. And then the sheep says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, and go back. I already say every day, you always take your money. How you think this hotel is it? You think you can do whatever you want to do, right? It doesn't. Maybe there might be a bit of nagging, but he picks the sheep up on his shoulder. That's the shepherd that we have. You might be like that to your employers, your colleagues, your cell members, or your kids. And I'm sure there is a discipline that the Lord brings. But the Lord is incredibly loving and kind with strength. So it says, when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Not you again. How many times? It says rejoicing. Do you know that every time you are found, every time you come before the altar, the hundredth time, and you say, Lord, I'm sorry I need you. He doesn't go, how long more? You again. And sometimes we think that, right? We come before the Lord with all kinds of contracts. Lord, I promise, if you just take me back in, I, I will never sin again. Oh, wow, that's one of the worst. I mean, it's good repentance prayer, right? But we all know that you, Lord, I promise if you help me, I'll become a full-time pastor. So if you have prayed that before and you're not a full-time pastor today, the Lord remembers and He's coming after you. No, right? We come before the Lord with all kinds of contracts, but do you know that all your contracts fail? Because what you have to come in is not a contract, but it's the covenant. And the covenant that He sent His Son to die on the cross for you so that you have life with Him. And so these contracts don't matter anymore. If you want to come in repentance, great. But if you want to build your salvation on the contract, it is not built on the contract, it is on the covenant. And so when we come before Him, listen close, everybody, He rejoices. Every time He says, Lord, I need you. Lord, I'm sorry. 
he rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbours, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. The Lord loves it when we come before Him. The Lord loves it when we come before Him. He says, I need you. The Lord rejoices every time we come in repentance. The Lord waits. The Lord loves. The Lord longs. And that is an important reminder. I know we may know, but sometimes as we go through earthly leadership, as we go through our own way of leadership, we may forget this and it will affect the way we have a relationship with the Lord. It will affect the way we have a relationship with others and the way we have a relationship with this world. We cannot in the same breath say this, wow, this world sucks. This world is terrible. I tell these people, oh, blah, 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 blah. And then on Sunday morning, we say, God, you help the world, please. It doesn't work that way. I, when we're speaking to some of the young people, all day they will complain about their school. And that's fine, there's nothing wrong complaining. But they will complain 10 lines about the school. And then when FOPX, and that's where all the young people come together for conference, they will all gather in the hall and they'll go, revival in our schools. And once again, the shepherd didn't say, actually, oh, last week you all say you all hate the school and burn down the school and the principal. Ah. The Lord says, I love it. But as humans, I just go, ah, how does that kind of work out? But I know it's not about them being flip-flop. I know it's not about them trying to be funny. The Word of God says, right, that as we walk in the Spirit, our flesh and our spirit is wrestling, is wrestling. And every time we come before the Lord, the Lord says, you are welcome. If we don't see the Scripture and we don't see the shepherd fully as he is, it will affect the way we see him in our relationship. See, when he shared this parable, he's not saying about the good sheep. He's not saying, I'm fighting for the clean and pure ship. It was a response to the Pharisees asking, how dare? How dare you hang out with tax collectors? How dare you hang out with sinners? And his response is this, which of you, if you lose one sheep, you will leave the 99 to find that one, to go after that one. And then when he finds the one, he doesn't... He rejoices and then he brings it back and he tells his neighbours, they are home. He is home. That is the heart of the shepherd. The Lord's kindness is what leads us into repentance. We know the story of how so many times it is the kindness of God that invites and leads us. And for us, sometimes being in church for a long time, when we first said yes to the Lord or we encountered His kindness, that really moved us. But sometimes we forget that this shepherd really loves and enjoys being with us and pursuing us. And if we're not careful, we might put a wall or we may become loveless in our relationship with Him. And even when you are saved, the Lord continues to knock at the door of your heart. Revelation chapter 3.20 talks about how, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock at the door of your heart. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come him, I'll come into him and I'll reprimand. Not reprimand. I will dine with him. This was not to Christ, uh, this is not non-Christians, but Christians. She says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you open, I will come in to dine with you. 
And for some of us, we maybe have a wall with the Lord. Maybe we kind of go, I don't want Him close because you don't understand, Isaac. My life is incredibly sinful. My life is incredibly like not here, not there. Or for some of us, right, to know that if the Lord comes into our heart or takes full control of our life, it means multiple changes. And we go, I'm not ready for that. So a lot of times with the Lord, we, we do this thing where we kind of keep Him behind the door. And what do I mean by that? It's like, He stands at the door. Imagine this is the door, okay? And He's like, hey, Isaac, you know, open the door. I want to be with you. I want to come in and dine with you. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I'll dine with you. And then we on the other end are like, is the Lord, is God, we hear Him, right? And it's easier not to open the door, but it's easier to create our faith around an experience. And so we create our faith around the knock. We go, I hear you, Lord. And the Lord says, open the door. You're like, oh, so good, He's here. I feel His presence so sweet. Guys, come on, come on. And we all gather around the door, leaning into the knock of the Lord. Every time we feel a goosebump on our skin, every time we hear a really great message, mm, 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 Pastor Leib, that was such a great word. And then we write songs around an experience, not intimacy or relationship. Come, 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 let's sit around and circle. Come, let's do cell group. All right. Oh, where's the knock? Where's, oh, the knock is there. Ayo. Like a baby in the womb. Ayo, okay. And then we can even as leaders sometimes write sermons around just knocks and experiences but not really knowing Him. And our faith can be like that for a very long time. But the Lord says, I do not desire that you are tickled by the knock or tickled by the experience. I desire that you open the door and let me in. But some of us are afraid. Or some of us have a dysfunctional relationship or understanding of who He is so we never open the door. But here, this, do you know when you open the door, you welcome in a mighty, a kind, a good shepherd. The two qualities I want to remind us about the shepherd. The first thing is that, you know, the Bible says that we are his body. That we are his body. If you hear this and you think about it, do you not care for your own body? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20 says this. Uh, verse 19 to 20 says, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but cherishes and nourishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and his bones. This is what I'm saying, that we are his flesh and his bones, and he cherishes and nourishes us. Just like you, when you have a wound on your hand, and you hurt yourself, you don't go, you stupid hen. You do not want, I told you already, never mind. You wait, you get your act together, then we come and talk. You go fix it. You, you pain, your, 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 your body aches with it. You consider it. You go and nourish it. You go and heal it. And, and, and that's what the Lord sees us as we being part of His body. He goes, if you are hurt and broken, if you are sinful, if you are not doing well, it hurts me. And if you are my flesh and my bone, and you are the body. And so I heal, I nourish it. I care for it. We are his body. That is how the shepherd wants us to see and to understand. The second thing is this, that he sympathizes. Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16 says, Seeing 
that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. The word sympathize here means to suffer with. To suffer with. Uh, the past few weeks I've been reading this book called Gentle and Lowly. It's a great book. And it's reminding us about how Jesus is an incredibly gentle, loving, kind, powerful man. But when you walk this up, and this is not just, oh, Isaac, that's a cute interpretation that you have of Jesus. That's not true. You read the scripture. He walked around in kindness and in love and going after the least of these, the one. And that was what he wanted us to see when he walked this earth. And it's important we see that way because it will define our relationship with him. It will define the way we have our relationship with other people and pray for other people and the rest of the world. We have a good and kind shepherd. When I'm, I shared with you about how when, when I was uh, 17, I left the church. I, I grew up in church. But at 17, I just went like, this church thing, it just doesn't work for me. I remember I went to some of my leaders and I go, I know what this is. You try to take our money. I'm out. I'm not going to do this church thing. And I just, I just said that because I had a relationship with, with, with work and with religion and ministry, but I, read, I really didn't know the Lord. And so I went off, I did my own things. I, I went to, to just go crazy, wild, clubbing, get drunk all the time. And it was just mad. And I remember there was one time, um, I was so, so, like, it was just like, I was like, done with the church and everything and done with God. Uh, we went for this chalet at, uh, at Changi and it was my poly chalet. And as we were all at this chalet, a couple of the, couple of the, the, the people was like, hey, Changi, right? Let's go old Changi Hospital. So five of them went to old Changi Hospital to try to like, you know, find some ghost and all that. And I'm like, okay, I'm out. I don't want to do that because as much as like, I'm not close with God, I swear, no, there's a God. And this ghost and the hunter you talk about, he's the devil, right? But I just kept quiet. And so we're playing blind mice in the house. Or we're all playing, playing, playing. And I hid under the couch, okay? So I was hiding under the couch and we're playing. And then these five people returned back. And so one of the girls sat on the couch and I saw her feet right there, right? And I'm like, like under the couch, like, ah, nobody can find me. Nobody can find me. All of a sudden, her legs begins to contour. And I was like, I know this. I know these kind of feet like that. I know what this is. And then she begins to violently scream. And I was like, oh my goodness. I came out of the couch and I saw her and she was manifesting. And I was like, I'm out, I'm out. And so I ran away. This Christian dude, you know. I was like, not for me. And I, I ditched. And so <clears throat> my friends took her in, uh, people of a different faith. They brought her into the room and for about one to two hours, they tried to deliver her. And, and they were screaming, and I still continued to play blind mice with the rest of my friends. And then, right, after about one, two hours, these people came out and says, uh, can the Christians uh, come, you know? Can the Christians come? Because uh, we, we don't know why we, we cannot uh, help her, you know? And this is a really petite girl, but she was so strong. She needed about four to five guys to hold her down. And she was screaming and shouting. And so two or three of the Christian friends came up, and they're like, okay, they're about to go in. And I stood at the side. I just kept quiet. I was like... No, nah, nah, not me. And then my friend turned to me and says, Eh, Isaac, aren't you Christian? 
<laughs> and I was like, oh. And I remember there, I was like, I remember the verse, right? If I deny him on earth, he'll deny me in heaven. Cannot, cannot, cannot. I was like, ah, okay. So I just went in, right? And I stood at the corner of the room and there she was screaming and shouting and screaming and shouting. And they held her down and I remember there was just like, so we were all praying and praying and praying. Um, and then I, I was like, I was just there having my moment of the Lord. Lah. So selfish, you know, us Christians, right? Lord, do you really love me? And this girl's like, ah! I was like, I'm not a good guy, lah, you know? And the shepherd didn't go, get your act together, son, somebody's! He was still like ministering to me. Isaac, I love you. I was like, oh, really? And then back got, ah! Right? And then I said, okay, Lord, you know, I, I've done so much wrong and I've walked away, but, you know, if you really, really like uh, with me and, and you've not forsaken me, right? Then I'm just going to lay my hand on her head and, and if it's really you, could you please just deliver her? So I just walked up to her. She's like, ah! And then I lay my hand on her head and she, ah! And then she was delivered. And I was like, oh. And then my other friend who was of a different denomination and, and, and they don't believe in the speaking of tongues, she turned to me. She said, Isaac, I'm in trouble. I said, why? I said, I just spoke in tongues. And I was like, whoa, Wow. Cool. You know, I remember I prayed. I said, Lord, if you, if you just really come through, I'll come back to you. After that Shelley happened, did I come back to the Lord? I didn't. Right? I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I just went off. And then the Lord continues to knock at the door of my heart. And He's a good shepherd that is strong. That in the same room as He's delivering the pain and the anguish and f destroying the works of the devil, he can in the same room embrace and hug and minister lovingly and kindly because he's a shepherd that walks in the room and doesn't go, ah, I have to always clean up your mess. You stand there. You sit there. He's not. He puts us on his shoulder and he rejoices. And it's how we should see the world and see the ones that we love. I came back and the music team can come up. I came back to... Uh, I, I, was, uh, I was doing my own thing and then uh, one of my friends came to me and said, hey Isaac, we're going on a mission trip. Uh, do you want to come? And I remember I said to this person, I said, I'll come with you because uh, I love people, I love humanitarian work, but I want nothing to do with this Christian thing. I don't want to hold hands in a circle and I don't want to shout Jesus three times and get into prayer. I don't want to do any of that. And she said, yeah, sure, sure, just come, just come. And so I went on this uh, humanitarian trip to the borders of Burma and Thailand and we were there I just saw people loving God and I was like, oh, okay, this is not for me. If you're real, maybe, I don't know. But I remember that the night before we were about to leave, I, I really knew that the Lord was really knocking on the door of my heart and in His grace and His mercy, I just sat down I read Luke chapter 15 about the prodigal son and how the prodigal son came back home. Um, and, and, and when the prodigal son came back home, the, the father gave him a robe, a ring and sandals. And... I remember, uh, I was like, okay, cool, Lord. The, the next day when I was about to leave, this little kid came up to me and uh, he said, hey, uh, 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 this is for you. And this was a little boy in this refugee camp, right? They have nothing. They have absolutely nothing. And came up to me, he gave me a ring uh, and he just said, God loves you. And this is a six, seven-year-old boy. He said, God loves you. And I was like, ah, who would have known? Nobody would have known. And I, I remember I, I, I took it and I cried and I wept and I said, Lord, you really are after my heart. You really are after my heart. Even though I criticized, even though I came on this humanitarian mission trip and I said, I don't want to pray. Uh. I don't want to do all your religious things. Uh. I'm just here to help the poor. Even though I make empty promises, he continues to pursue so fiercely because that's a good shepherd. We are part of his body and when his hand or his feet or you are broken, he doesn't stand aside, arms crossed and say, 
get your act together? When will you finally pick up the slack? And it's important that we understand that because our pursuit of purity and our pursuit of our faith takes a lifetime. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. He walks with us gently. He walks with us kindly. He corrects us. He disciplines us. He is with us, close. I remember I came back to Singapore. I was like, okay, that's cool. And I began to pursue him. But what was incredible is that many, many um, 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 months and, and many, many years later on, I, I went into church. I, I did youth ministry and all that. And it was almost like the funniest thing ever. The Lord began to pursue other people. Um, I was... Uh, called one day, I was sleeping at 5am, 5-6am in the morning and I got a phone call. And then uh, this was one of my youth and young people and they called, they, uh, no, not, not, not young person, young person's friend. And they said, hi, Isaac, uh, is this Isaac? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, who's this? <clears throat> oh, I am um, Sally's friend. I was like, okay, is everything okay? And I hear in the background people screaming, ah! And I was like, I know that scream. And I said, Isaac, we are at Changi Chalet. I was like, say no more. I know what's happening. Anyway, we're at Changi Chalet and, and Sally says that you know what to do. We, we don't know what happened, but there's a hantu. So I was like, okay. So at 5 in the morning, we grabbed all our stuff. I grabbed my guitar and I went like Ghostbusters. Right? And we went into the place, right? And these were all the poly kids that were like the most happening. They had the sling bags and the dyed hair. And they're like, eh, 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 right? But at 5, 6 a.m., they were all in that room, right? Like squatting down like that and like as if they've seen a ghost because they actually really did see a ghost. And upstairs was one of the, one of the people that was just manifesting. Um, and they were all like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And I went there, I was like, oh, this is a familiar scene. And I was like, okay, Lord, we're just going to pray for her. But before that, I was like, oh, I remember, Lord, that you really rescued me. So I went downstairs to about the 60, 70 of these uh, poly leaders and I was like, hey, how many of you are here are Christians? Can you come up with me to pray? Nobody raised their hand. And I said, like, cannot be confirmed got one Christian. So I rephrased my question. I says, okay, let me rephrase it. How many of you know that God exists, but you went away because in your holidays you are wild and you just think God doesn't want anything to do with me, but you go, I know He's real and I know He can save her. And then about 10 to 15 of them raised their hands. And I was like, hey, come with me upstairs. So we all go up to the room, we get in a circle, and still while the girl is screaming, okay, Rah! I didn't rush. I was like, hey guys, I just want you to know that God really loves you. You know, when I was 17, and the background, the girl's like, Rah! and I'm like, when I was 17, this happened, they begin to cry. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, let's just believe and pray. And so they just prayed, and then we just sang, He loves us, oh, how He loves. And we just prayed in Jesus' name, just come out. We, we didn't. We didn't have to shout. When you have authority, sometimes you don't have to shout. Sometimes you can. But you can just say, hey, stop it, leave. And she was delivered, completely set free. And it was wow. And I told the 15 people, I says, the likelihood that you prayed, that you will come back to church. I know some of you prayed that and some of you won't go back to church. But that's okay. I'm going to tell you, don't forget this moment and don't forget the Lord continues to pursue. About five, six, seven years later, uh, one of them actually called me up and says, Hey Isaac, I'm so done with my life. I remember you from that night. Uh, could I come uh, to your church? And he came, he came to know Christ and gave his life to the Lord, uh, rededicated his life. We have that good shepherd. Uh, this happened again a few years later after this word spread around. There's this ghostbuster called Isaac. 
And then they did the same thing. They went for a night walk in the school. I don't know why they still allow these things. And so in the poly, in Neon Poly, they went on a night walk and they were all playing around, you know, they went to scare each other and all that. And then all of a sudden, one of them uh, manifests again. Uh, and this was in a hall of hundreds of students and everybody saw. And so they put all the students, the freshmen, uh, the freshies into one room. And then there were about another 200, 250 leaders within that hall. And then I get the call again at 5, 6 a.m. And I was like, oh, okay, let's go. So we went down. And I remember that afternoon, uh, one, of the, one of the church staff uh, gave me this book of like pamphlets about the light of Jesus. Said, Isaac, could you give it to the young people? I was like, not very relevant, huh? but okay, I just take it. I left it in my car for a long time. And so I went to the place and the Lord says, I want you to bring this... Um, this uh, a bag of uh, uh, pamphlets, you know. So I went there. Once again, there were hundreds of leaders that just sat there and so on. We just sang, He loves us, God. We pray you set this person free. This person gets set free. One of the people that was watching close by of a different faith says, hey, I really know that uh, uh, God is the way, but if I switch my religion, I'll get into a lot of trouble. Do you think that uh, I can pray to God in secret? I says, absolutely. Take your time. Here's my number. If you need help, just let me know. And everybody just saw what the Lord was doing. And then at the end of it, um, um, I, I just felt like, okay, I'm going to give out these pamphlets. I'm going to be one of those uncles. Ah, you come here, come, 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 and give off here. So I gave to, the, to some of the students and all that. And when they turned to the first page, right, the, the first passage or, or the, the, the devotional was about how when light is present, darkness ceases to exist. And I go, Lord, you really love your kids and you're after the one. You're after the every single one. And I thank the Lord that in my life, He continues to knock at the door of my heart and He continues to knock at all of our door of our hearts. Uh, would you rise to your feet? Uh, this morning, I talked about three groups of people I feel like the Lord wants to remind us. Uh, the first group of people are people that the Lord wants to remind you that He is our Good Shepherd, that He is your Good Shepherd. And maybe for some of us, we may have a distance or a wall between us and Him or we continue to just allow God to give us experiences. We come for services, we hear the knocks and we are moved by these things. And the Lord says, I want you to open the door of your heart that I can dine with you. Or maybe you used to have a tenderness and an intimacy with the Lord when you were much younger. There was a level of vulnerability, a level of repentance. But maybe as the years grow by, you think that the Lord is sick of it. You think that now when the Lord meets with you, He doesn't rejoice. You think when the Lord meets with you, the first thing He goes, uh, you know I love you, but I got to get some of these things in order. And sure, He has to bring things in order, but the Lord wants to help you. The Lord wants to walk with you. And I want to encourage you this morning that you don't forget about these characteristics of the Lord as the Good Shepherd. He is strong and mighty. He is loving and kind. He sympathizes, which means He suffers with. And you are His body, which He nourishes and cherishes and heals and walks with you. And then the second group of people are people that maybe they're people that you've been praying and asking to see their salvation, just like my parents. They'll go, this kid would never be safe. I've seen him drunk in, in, at, at home all the time, come home drunk. We have to break down the door because he's, he, 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 he's wasted in the toilet and nobody can get in the toilet. But they continue to pray and persist and the Lord really came after my heart. And maybe there are people that you've been praying for that you've maybe lost heart in praying for that the Lord reminds you it is not in vain. I am the shepherd and I'm after them. And the third group of people are the rest of the world, which the Lord's asking us and reminding us as we approach this world, we are not of this world, but that we approach this world with love and with kindness, with the heart of the shepherd. 
and says, Lord, will you do your work in this land? Will you do your work with the people around us? You are a good and kind God and you rejoice every time you find a lost sheep. I'll just close your eyes. I'm going to pray and I'm going to hand it back to uh, the team. If that's any of you this morning, whether you're the first, the second or the third group, I want you to begin to say, Lord, I, I lead us before you, God. Lord, I want to invite you. Lord, I ask that you dine with me. God, I want to open my heart to you. God, I want to be reminded of your love and your goodness and your kindness. Or maybe you're the second group of people that you go, there's somebody on my heart, there's somebody in my life that I've really been longing for, I've really been praying for, and sometimes it's tiring because I don't see them, I don't see that they've come or they've repented yet. The Lord this morning wants to say to you, don't lose heart, my friend. Don't lose heart, my child. I sympathize. I understand. I am after the one. Would you continue to pray, Lord, continue to knock on the door of the hearts of these people, oh God. Continue to knock on the door of the hearts of these people. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. The final group of people are the people that the Lord's reminding you this morning is, how do you see this world? How will you love and treat this world? Maybe we see this world and we, we know the sin of this world, but sometimes we lack a level of compassion. We lack a level of kindness, a level of understanding. And the Lord says, I want you to walk this earth. I want you to show incredible compassion and kindness because that's my heart for the lost. That's my heart for the lost. Lord, I want to thank you for this reminder this morning, oh God, Lord, and I just pray and ask of you that God, even as we go from here, that Lord, you speak to us, you open the eyes of our hearts, that God, whatever that you're planting in our hearts this morning, let it grow, let it take root. Lord, I want to pray for people that <clears throat> maybe towards you, there is a, a distance, there is a coldness, or maybe they just feel like they, they can't be vulnerable with you or they don't dare to come before you because of the many times they've disappointed you. Lord, I pray you remind them that you're a good shepherd, that you rejoice every time, every single time, every single time they come back. Lord, I pray for those who have somebody in their hearts that they're praying for that says, God, I, I want my son, I want my daughter, I want my loved one, I want my friend, I want my parents to come to know you, but it just seems absolutely impossible. God, I pray that you will knock on their hearts. God, I pray that you will appear in their dreams. God, I pray that you will set up circumstances that they will see and come to know you. And I thank you, oh God, Lord, that you are after the one. And Lord, I pray for the rest of us, oh God, Lord, that Lord, you are reminding us this morning that as we walk this earth, as we live our lives, that we will be people of incredible compassion and kindness, that we will help people to see you, that as much as we see the sin and the madness, let us never become like a Pharisee that will go, how dare, how dare you do this, the tax collectors and the sinners, but exactly as how you responded. that you go after the one and you love your sheep. Lord, we love you. We thank you, oh God. Lord, speak to us, Lord. We praise you. We need you. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. You know, even as you go uh, off, and I'm going to hand it back to them, um, if this afternoon you want to take some time spending time with the shepherd or tonight, uh, go to Spotify or go to YouTube and search this song called Good Shepherd by Upper Room. Good Shepherd by Upper Room. Just sit down. Just take some time to spend time with the shepherd. Hear that and let that minister and think about what the Lord spoke this morning and continue to pray fervently to the Lord because He loves us. He loves the people that we love and He deeply loves this world. Awesome. listen to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.